to Unleash the Podcast, revolutionizing the way women grow, work, live, and lead. Engaging interviews, insightful book reviews, and timeless gems to aid the modern woman in excelling personally and professionally. Hosted by the multi-passionate Tabitha D. James, Unleash the Podcast not only empowers listeners, but also equips them with applicable action-based resources for daily life. Hey friends, and welcome to this week's episode of Unleash the Podcast. Boom, 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 boom. We have an interview. Yay, 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 yay. I know you've been enjoying the Timeless Gems, but it's about that time to have someone else on. So I got a chance to catch up with my pal AJ. We're new buds, okay? And she transparently dives into uh, the way she went from Wisconsin to Miami to Illinois back to Miami um, and to some other places along the way, pivoting and working and learning about herself. She even took a break and did some science fiction writing and deep diving into who she is as a person. So I want you to take the time, engage with this interview, listen to this interview, learn from this interview, and realize and recognize where there are some breaks needed in your own life or where you might be at a place of, you know what, I need to move somewhere else for another level of exposure. Super excited. Wife, mom, doctoral candidate, awesome person unleashing greatness in her corner of the world. Right before we get into this interview, I want to let you know to mark your calendars. Mark those calendars, friends. We are doing an Unleash live recording at Converse Space in Columbia, South Carolina on April the 9th. Doors will open at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Cannot wait to share more details about the event and the tickets will be available online really, really soon. So stay tuned. All right. Interview time. Just wanted to interject this right before you start listening. There are some points where I sound a little far from the mic, but no fret. AJ's clear all the way through the episode. Enjoy. Welcome to the Unleashed Podcast. I am so excited to have you. I just want to first thank you for your time and being willing to share some of your greatness. Oh, thank you. I'm super happy to be here. Yay, great. Well, we'll just kick it off with you telling us a little bit about yourself, like where you're from, how you grew up, what did you kind of think the initial AJ path, if you will, would be. Just give us some some background information. All right. Uh, So I grew up in Wisconsin, just outside of Milwaukee. Um, I have three brothers, so I was the only girl um, in our house, but then I'm also the first girl born into my dad's side of the, the family in like three generations. So I grew up with all boys. Um, and as far as where I thought I was, I was, I was thinking about this when you told me that you were going to ask me this question. And I remembered that I spent several years when I was a kid wanting to own a peanut butter factory. So, so cool. you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> that obviously didn't pan out because um, there's not a ton of market for peanut butter factories. But, um, it, you know, after that, I went through some of the usual, you know, I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to be a teacher. Um, I wanted to work in universities. Uh, and so some of that has panned out. I've I've done some teaching and I've worked in universities a lot. And, um, yeah, that's kind of my 
early years. Wow. So let let me dive a little deeper. Did you like just love peanut butter, or like how did the whole like, peanut butter factory thing come about? I, you know, I'm not entirely certain. I know that I have always loved peanut butter, but I think maybe there was like a Mr. Rogers episode about peanut butter. Okay, um, okay. Or a Sesame Street episode or something like that that made me think, like, that's really neat. I want to do that for the rest of my life. And so my older brother and I had plans. Um, we were both going to run the peanut butter factory together. <laughs> uh, it was It was a whole thing. Wow. So this was like the beginning phases of like AJ being a super planner. So developing a master plan. So um as it relates to planning, I'm sure you've had to do some, some master planning like in your life and through your, your changes and career pivots and different things like that over the years. So tell us a little bit about, you know, your twists and turns as it relates to being a woman in STEM and you know, any career transitions you've had. I heard you mention that you worked in, you know, some universities a bit and did some teaching and other things. So tell us a little bit about that portion of life. Sure. So um, when I was in college, I had thought that I was going to go into psychology. I really thought that I wanted to be a therapist and that I would want to spend my time working one-on-one with people. Um, But my junior year, I became a resident assistant and kind of fell in love with that housing and residential life uh, thing with, you know, working with groups of students at the college age. I was basically the first in my family to go to college. My mom had dropped out when she got pregnant with my older brother, so she had never made it all the way through. And um, so when I became an RA, I was like, wow, this is a really cool way that I can help other students figure their way through college. Um, And so maybe this is something that I want to do. And so I went on to get my master's degree in higher education administration. Um, And I did that in Miami, Florida, at Florida International University, because I wanted to get a culture shock. I knew that having grown up in Wisconsin, I had grown up in a fairly homogenous white culture, and I knew that in order to grow as a person and as a compassionate individual in this world, that I needed to go someplace different, very different from where I'd grown up. And so I went to Miami, Florida for um, two years of grad school. Um, And then I spent the next 10-ish years at various colleges and universities across the U.S. So uh, Florida International is a minority-serving institution. It's a Hispanic-serving institution. And so I was in grad school there for two years, and I came back to the Midwest to the University of Illinois for two years and ran a residence hall. Then I went back to Miami and worked at a community college for two years um, running their student activities. And then uh, we moved to Colorado, and I worked at a small engineering university. And that was where I really fell in love with STEM and students who are in STEM. And uh, after I left that university, I went and spent a summer writing fiction to just kind of decompress and do my own thing for a little while. And then I got this fantastic job at the National Center for Atmospheric Research, and that's where I've been for the last four years. So planning, yes, but also some happenstance along the way. Right, right. Wow. So, yeah, definitely some, like, life ebbs and flows that happen there. So, how cool. I moved to South Florida for grad school, too. So I went to FAU. Um, oh, yeah. 
Yeah, and I, too, needed a culture shock. You know, we did a little preliminary chat before we got on talking about, like, I live in, like, rural South Carolina, like, middle of nowhere. And then I I left to go to college, but I went just, like, an hour, give or take, down the street, which it was definitely bigger than my small town. But, like, moving to South Florida was, like, ooh, cultureshock.com. So. Yeah, it's yeah, a very right. interesting place. It's very different than I think anywhere else in the U.S. Yeah, right. And you can you can allude to that because you've lived a, a few different places. So, how does you know kind of with that being said, how does the diversity and leadership play into like who you are and what do you believe? And did um, being in South Florida do something to you for that, or was it the ebbs and flows of everything combined? Just just give us some of that. So um, I've actually been doing work on diversity and inclusion issues since the seventh grade. Um, There was an I know there's an organization in my hometown that does presentations called Differences Gotta Have Them, and they are it's a series of skits that they do in elementary, middle, and high school, and it's all about accepting people's differences and celebrating the things that make us unique and valuing that. Um, And I was doing that work as obviously volunteering when I was in middle and high school. Uh, so I, I've kind of always been working on diversity and inclusion issues. It's just kind of been a thing in my life. Um, when I went to grad school was when it really kind of combined into diversity plus leadership. And the way that that happened is that my first year, I was in the orientation and commuter student services office. And they didn't quite know what to do with me, and I didn't, I was too young of a professional to be able to know how to advocate for myself or know how to ask for things to do. And so what I instead was went and found other cool things that I could do on campus. (laughs) Um, And having gone to the University of Wisconsin, I was more, I was expecting that there would be services for LGBT students on campus, uh, because that's a very big part of the student life at Madison. And to be honest, one of the stereotypes that I had about Miami was that, that there were lots of gay people there <laughs> because I didn't know very much about Miami before I moved there. But that was something that had made it through the media. And so I was expecting lots of LGBT students doing lots of stuff on campus, and that wasn't the case when I got there. And so I ended up spending my second semester on campus working with a student organization to petition the administration to create an LGBT um, services graduate student position, and my second year I spent spinning up that program. And so that was really where I started to learn about ways that I could be a leader within diversity and inclusion, um, and started to really, you know, learn about my leadership style because I was working with these groups of students, but I was also leading the administration in a place that they didn't really understand and they weren't familiar with. And so I think grad school was really where I started to explore the intersection of those two things. Wow. And that's that's just so unique that, you know, coming from Wisconsin and being able to journey on and being able to connect the dots, right, that you were doing this diversity and inclusion work, like, in the seventh grade, right? And so years later – being able to professionally articulate how 
that experience umpteen years ago played into who you are now as a professional. That that's pretty inspiring. Wow. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it is. And so I, I'm going to, like, jump around a little bit and ask, like, what, if anything, would you say, like, inspired you to pursue this path that you're currently trotting? Um, well, so the position that I currently have is a very interesting one. <laughs> um, when, I took my, <laughs> when I took my summer off from um, from working in universities and just kind of, like, chilling my heels and, figuring out my life, running a half marathon, that kind of, you know, soul-searching stuff. Um, I wasn't looking for another job. I was just kind of cruising and resting. And I happened to check my email one day, and I happened to have an email from LinkedIn that said there was this position for a diversity education and outreach specialist at NCAR um, in the supercomputing lab. And supercomputing is is computers that are the size of a room. They're massive computers that they use to study climate and weather. My partner has a computer science and a meteorology degree. And so even though I don't have degrees in them, I had some familiarity with it. And so I was I was looking at this position description and it was event planning, it was working with students, it was working with students in STEM, um, and it was helping lead this organization through some journeys within the diversity and inclusion space. They were really starting to, you know, knuckle down and commit to it. And so it was like somebody had taken my whole prior life and written me a job. <laughs> wow. Um, and when you're handed a gift like that, you don't pass it by. True. Of course. <laughs> you, right. You just don't. When it brings together um, – just all the multiple hats and, and multiple paths and kind of like intersections those you have to take it right even mm-hmm. when you're to break that is so awesome and it, it really speaks to one of those things that I think a lot of people end up and forget to take that break or don't even know that you can do that right taking a break mm-hmm. to just get life right and, and mm-hmm. do some fun things and try some things and um I don't know, and I won't ask unless you want to share how old you were when you decided to do that, but it's just I feel that it's a very critical thing to do because oftentimes society pressures us to think that we're supposed to just, like, have it all together and, and know all the things and how they're all supposed to overlap. Um, how can we do that if we if we never take time to, like, pause, right, and think about the thing? Yes, absolutely, and um so I was in my early 30s. Um, okay. Yeah, like just after 30, 31, something like that. Um, and so we had been trying to have a kiddo, and we had just we'd been struggling to get pregnant, and so like that was happening too. So it was I got to this point where like I knew that I needed to leave my job. We were having trouble getting pregnant. I was so stressed out. I was so exhausted. Um, and when I hit that point where I knew I needed to leave. My partner looked at me, he's like, you got to go, just go, yeah. quit your job, yeah. we will figure this out. And so, and that's you know. so supportive, wow, and not to cut you off, but having someone that's supportive, like, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I will say, like, through 
through any and all things. Like, he is my rock. I could never do all of the things that I do without him by my side. Um, so that's, I know that that's a huge privilege and that is a very lucky thing in my life, but, um, wouldn't give him up for anything. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and that's, that's so good. And, and you just kind of took me into like my next thing of, as we kind of switch gears and talk about, like, you're a mom, student, employee, and I'm sure there are several other hats kind of, you know, in between all of those. Like, how do you manage to just continually unleash your greatness while, you know, juggling all the hats? Like, share some secrets with us (laughs) (laughs) on, like, how you make that work. And, And I don't, I don't like to use the word balance per se. I don't know if things can be balanced, especially when you're in a season of life you have so many things going on. So mm-hmm. I ask, like, how do you juggle? Like, how do you make it work? Yeah, well, so, I mean, I will say one thing is just having an amazing partner in all of these things. Um, we have two small children. Uh, they're two and a half and just over one. And as you mentioned, I'm in school. I'm working on my doctorate. I will be starting my dissertation in January and um, also working full-time. So, yeah, that's a lot. And for one thing, just having a partner or having someone that you can lean on to help with all of that I think is huge. And I recognize, again, that that's a huge privilege in my life that I have him. Um, but I think the other thing really is is being honest being honest with myself, being honest with my employees and with my supervisor and saying, like, look, you know, this week I've got a massive paper due. I'm probably not going to be as attentive as I normally would at work. Um, I'm going to need to take some time off on Friday. And, you know, being honest with people and keeping them updated on that kind of thing um, really, really helps with the, quote, unquote, balance. Balance. Yeah. That that's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. Just being transparent with you mm-hmm. with all the things. Like I got this going on, and I may not be who I always am. Right. Well, and even you know, like today, I was I was a couple minutes late calling you because my two year old was throwing a fit upstairs, and you know, just being able to say like, look, this is what happened. I really apologize. Um, owning that and not giving myself too part of a time about it has been pretty key. Yeah, that's that's good too. And not just being honest and moving forward and hoping that the person on the other end of your honesty will accept it, but if they won't, you've given yourself the closure, if you will, because I'm not sure if in your life you've ever tried to be like a perfectionist, if you will, <laughs> like <laughs> get all the things done and get all the things right and be on time and be like some sort of superhuman, but we're not robots. Like we're humans. Um Mm-hmm. Same goes for me. Like when I sent you the questions, I also sent like a message, like, "Hey, just want to put it out there. Like, you know, my mom's sick. This is going on. This might happen." And um, I, ha- in previous seasons of my life, I wasn't as able to just transparently talk about that. I'd be mm-hmm. like, "Oh, I'm gonna figure out how to make it work." When in all reality, sometimes it doesn't work out like that. So yeah, and I so appreciated that you let me know that because that's you know, that transparency and that trust, I think we really need to trust one another in that way. And um, so when I got your message, I just kind of like paused and I was like, I really hope she's okay. I kind of sent you some love. Um, And, but here we are and we made it tonight. Right, exactly. And I (laughs) appreciate that. Like, I appreciate that more than you know. So I was doing some 
snooping on your Instagram, and then you you mentioned it briefly earlier, so now I don't feel like as much of a creep. <laughs> um, I saw you did some like science fiction type book writing in your past. Um, mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit more about that. Did that happen during the break, and how did you break into that? How did you, you know, bump into that part of the past? So that was – I've always loved to write, um, always, always my whole life. Um, I have tons of tiny little notebooks that I wrote poems, terrible poems in when I was in, like, first grade. Um, tens of them. I have tons and tons of them. And so – I have a good friend, Dan. I have a co-author for that book. And Dan likes to give away really interesting party favors for his birthday every year. And the year of the Mayan apocalypse, he decided he wanted to have an apocalypse-themed birthday party. (laughs) And for whatever reason, he decided that he wanted to give everybody a choose-your-own-adventure apocalypse novel as the party favor. And so he called me and he's like, hey, I know you like to write do you want to write a book with me? <laughs> I was like, absolutely, why not? That sounds great. When do you want to do this? And he's like, well, I need to get it to the printer in about two and a half weeks, so we need to start Whoa. writing tonight. <laughs> um, so we wrote, the, we wrote the whole book in like two and a half weeks. Um, he gave it out to all of our friends at his birthday party and the feedback from our friends was this is amazing please tell us you're actually going to publish this and so we put it through several more rounds of editing and and self-published it on Amazon we have it on you know you can get it in paperback or in Kindle format um yeah so that that was kind of that was a couple of years prior to my break so when I took the break I was like I really loved doing that maybe that's something that I should be doing full time rather than this you know working for the man in the university and um, so that summer that I took off I did actually write we wrote like two thirds of another book before life kind of swept in and took us away from those projects so um yeah, it was kind of a whirlwind thing. We kind of fell into it, but also fell in love with it along the way. I still would like to get back to writing fiction, but that's going to have to wait until after my dissertation is done. Yeah, you can't write anything right now. <laughs> no. You cannot write anything right now except your dissertation. Mm-hmm. That's all you can do. Um, and I'm I'm super happy for you in, in doing that and, you know, taking taking that step also, I know having a great partner um, is helping you. Or well, I know that from our conversation. But your drive, you know, in this season is, like, to be commended also because with all of the things going on, you can be like, I'm not writing anything, you know, and put the dissertation mm-hmm. off. Um, so super, super happy for you and all of those things. So if you could get in what I like to call – um, the tiny tab time machine, and you have to go back to your um, teenage self. I work a lot with teens, and so I love getting just messaging from adults who have, you know, just been through the ebbs and flows of life and might have something amazing to share that, you know, what would you say to your teenage self? And you can pick whichever portion of your teenage years that you would say this to, but what what is something you would tell yourself? Um, I think I would say don't underestimate yourself. Um, 
I think there were a couple years there in my teenage years where we had, you know, some family drama going on, and um, I was getting some messaging from teachers that, you know, girls aren't supposed to do math and girls aren't supposed to do science and those kinds of things. Um, And I would say, you know, don't underestimate yourself. If you know that you're excited about something and you know that there's something that you care about and that fills your heart, you need to pursue that thing with everything you've got. Um, because you never know what amazing things are going to come out of chasing those dreams. Wow. That's good. <laughs> that was a good one, AJ. That was <laughs> I mean, life can throw some things and some people at you to make you um, subconsciously or unconsciously, if you will, just down yourself, right, and put yourself into a box that never really existed, but you kind of put yourself in it because of, you know, other people's implied fears and opinions. So that's a solid one. Don't underestimate yourself. I like that. I'll share that. Well, AJ, I thank you so much for, you know, taking time out to do this interview and sharing some insight um, about your story and your life and how you've juggled and managed things. Um, I don't take it for granted, and I really appreciate you for just unleashing your greatness every day in your corner of the world. Well, thank you so much, Tabitha. I'm really excited about the work that you're doing, too, and so thank you for including me as part of that. It's a real honor. Yes, of course. Well, you have a great one, and I look forward to keeping in touch. Continue to be great. That's perfect. Awesome. Thank Isn't you, Tabitha. Amazing. Uh, so dope how her partner supported those transitions, how she listened to her body, even how she was able to connect how some of her works began at such a young age and link that into the professional she is today. Just amazing 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 so grateful aj took the time out to interview with me can't wait to be in your earbuds next week with another timeless gem or maybe a book review stay tuned to see don't forget to rate review share the podcast and connect with me in the online space like let's be buddies let's hold each other accountable for the goals and let's continue to unleash greatness in our corner of the earth very encouraging very inspiring and she actually motivated me